Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Got something we want to want to do? Is uh, it is what it is. Let's try. It. What about now, Stuart? Is that better? Good. Okay. Um, there's a card in your seat. You probably sat on it. Some of you may be sitting on it right now. If you'd grab that card, here's what I want to ask you to do before the end of the service. Uh, we're updating our records. Um, every year people move and some people get mad and they're not here and other things happen um, and so we always like to honor everybody's decisions and you know we want to make sure that we care for everybody who wants to be cared for and that we don't annoy people who don't want to be annoyed and so uh, what we're asking you to do is fill these out now this is for updating our records if you've already filled one out you say well I filled one out please do it again because we're creating a new system in the office and we're going to need this. Also, um, we, uh, it helps us to know what level or how you want us to care for you. And, and that's really uh, as much as anything. And also it helps us when there is a crisis in your family. Uh, if if we, we say, are you a Mosaic member? And uh, it, it communicates a, a desire or a commitment, if you will, uh, and lets us know where you're at uh, in relationship to the church. And, and, and this is a little special for me because we, I've not done this in nearly four years that we've been a church. Is uh, if, if you say, this, I want this to be my home church, I want to I pray for you right where you're at. But I want to ask you to stand. And you say, you know, I, this is my church home where I want it to be. Would you stand right now where you're at? And then I'm just going to pray for us because I feel like in 2020, uh, you know, you guys see some of my posts. And, and uh, I do believe that most people in the world live life by default. In other words, they live life, uh, they play the hand that was dealt to them. And sometimes you say, well, isn't that what we have to do? No, I think sometimes you need to pick up the deck and become the dealer. And you need to say, you know what, I'm changing the way I live my life. And I'm changing how I allow life to steer me and uh, so um, this is a designer moment where you're saying I want uh, to be cared for and care for this church uh, I believe it's a holy moment charismatic independent non-denominational whatever you want to call different churches um, I think oftentimes throughout the baby with the bathwater I think membership is important I, I think Baptism is important. Salvation is eternal. Uh, there, there are some key things in church that must not be overlooked. And I believe that membership in the church is, is, is really kind of like walking the aisle, getting married, saying, I want to commit to this, this relationship. And uh, we want to commit our leadership to this relationship. And uh, as pastors, sometimes it's unclear as to what level of relationship people want. 
And so we like to honor that. You know, there are people who come once every two or three months or Christmas and Easter, and, and we honor that. We love that. We're glad that, that they're here. Uh, at the same time, the people that come, you know, one, two, three times a month, we also want to acknowledge that and make sure that we're honoring that relationship in the way that you would want. So I'm about to sneeze, and I don't want to sneeze in the middle of a prayer. <laughs> Go away. Okay, so uh, to be a part of the family of God, you have not required it. You didn't mandate it. You offered it. And you offered it. Uh, so that we could have a relationship, and that relationship would be defined uh, by both parties. It was defined first by you, Father, when you created the human race. It was greater defined when you sent your Son and shared your love with us, and you made your commitment known to us. And those of us who uh, heard and believed and still believe that that commitment was very real then, it's very real now, uh, have the opportunity to commit, commit back to you. And so many here and watching online have done that. We commit ourselves to this relationship. Now, Lord, as a church, um, as a pastor, uh, I commit my life to the leadership of those who come to Mosaic Church. And Lord, just thankful for them. And, and Lord, I just want to communicate first my commitment to this body, to this metro, to this city. Uh, and now, Lord, I pray for those who are uh, wanting to step up and say, you know, I need to commit myself to this relationship. And it's not required, uh, but, Lord, it's offered. And today I pray that those who have stepped up to accept the offer would step up and, and take a stand in the role in the house that, that, that they've been called to. And so, Lord, again, all relationship, no requirements, no mandates, no relationships but a mutual understanding that uh, in any great relationship, both parties are feeding that relationship. So, Lord, I pray that you would bring greater health, greater life, greater passion to this house based on this commitment that we all make to serve your city and your people. And uh, we commit this to your wisdom and your care, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Maybe seated and get your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um began a series entitled Vision 2020. It's not 2020 vision, it's vision for 2020. And uh, I'm really on this kick of categorizing life. And that's really what vision does. It categorizes uh, your passions, your purpose. It categorizes how you want to spend your time and your money. People without a vision perish, the Bible says. And a part of that is not because you're bad people or we're bad people or we make bad decisions. It's simply that we have not uh, prioritized uh, what we want in our lives and want from our lives. That's why, if you will, goal setting, vision casting is so very important uh, in our lives because we have a limited amount of time every day. We have 24 hours. 
We have seven days in a week, 365 days in a year. And, and life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it comes off. And, and so for those of you that are, you know, getting older, um, it's important that I think we, uh, the Bible says, teach us to number our days aright. Vision is numbering our days. We're, we're setting our course. We're making decisions versus having decisions made for us. Um, what I have found with vision casting, goal setting, is this, that you will never have really great goals or vision that will be met without resistance. You will always find that any goal or dream worth having will be resisted by the powers of darkness and those who don't being used without realize they're being used. And I say that not in a negative way always. Sometimes people who are believers who come off resistant really may not be against you. God's using them to elevate you, to increase your faith, to uh, increase your commitment. Uh, it, it's not always bad. Everybody that you think is bad is not always bad. Matter of fact, sometimes they're appointed by God. And, and they're making you stronger. And so when you write something down, and I would suggest this. I, a lot of people just keep writing. I want all these things to happen. I always suggest that you find a comfort level, maybe from 1 to 10 or 1 to 5. And you say, I want five things this year. And they may be, I've shared this last week, categorically, I want to grow in God, number one. I want a personal, I want my personal relationship aside from my wife, my kids, anybody else. I want my personal relationship with God to grow. I, I, want, I want to know him more. I want to know more about him. And I want it to grow. That's number one. And, and I, if I could be so bold as to say, I think that ought to be the goal of every believer. If you say, well, I don't know how to plan, ask yourself this, well, how do I personal, grow personally? Ask yourself what you're reading, how often you're listening to worship and worshiping in your home, how often you're talking to God. And I say that specifically because when I use the word prayer, a lot of people say, I don't pray. Yes, you do. Everybody prays. It's just in different forms. Uh, going back to Mark's thing on intercession, maybe you're not standing in the gap for somebody else or interceding, but you are for yourself. So personal growth would come through those avenues, talking to God, reading, what you're reading, worshiping. All those things are personal growth uh, tracks to, to help us. The other thing, obviously, that's very important to all of us is family. And so now you say, well, but, but if I grow, no, no. Now you look at your family. I read a book about five or six years ago that I keep on audio file on my, on my phone. And, and uh, it, it was really interesting to me because... Um, most of us find, believe it or not, find a great deal of our happiness and joy uh, not in our relationship with God alone, but in our relationship with others. As a matter of fact, you can have a great relationship with God and, and find yourself at odds with somebody else, and that keeps your relationship from God with God from being everything you want it to be because now you're distracted by somebody you expect to make you happy who's not making you happy. Guess what? It's nobody's job to make you happy. And it's not your job to make me happy. It's not Susan's job to make me happy. It's my job and my choice to design my life to say, regardless of who you are or what you say, I'm going to be happy. 
And, and, and uh, in extreme case, there was a lady who went through just a horrible part of her life, literally just, I mean, in rehab, the whole works, and, and nobody even wanted to be around her, including her children. Well, she had an epiphany, a moment with God, and, and what she had realized was she had, she had organized her entire family. She was running her entire family. Kids pick up the shoes, husband come home, put up your dirty socks, da, da, da. and that made her happy. The house was clean, everybody else was miserable. Well, how many of you know if everybody else is miserable, there's a good chance it's going to come back on you. So finally, after she gets healed and gets well, she realized my joy comes from helping other people be able to be free and find joy. And she went to the extreme that if, if she said if one of my kids, because her kids were absent and really had issues with her, and she said, if you're happy, that makes me happy. And it freed them to go, mom's good. There's no pressure for us to have to love mom. Isn't that different than what it used to be? Because she was always engaging in everything we were doing. And she was creating all this drama, if you will. And she finally went, you know what? It, it was almost to this extreme. If I never see you again, radical, and you're happy with that, I'm happy for you. Now, that's radical faith. To be able to say, I'm good. It was like Jesus looking at the rich young ruler who Jesus loved as much as he loved anybody in the world. And can you imagine just for a moment Jesus looking and saying to him, because he, he wanted to follow much and he went away sad. What you have, give to the poor and follow me. Well, he, the Bible says he had much and he went away sad. What do you think Jesus felt in that moment? I mean, we're talking love here. We're talking love personified and, and, and it's walking away from him. Now notice that Jesus didn't chase him down. And yet to Jesus, it would be like he was one of Jesus' own sons. Just like you and I are, sons and daughters of God. And, and so Jesus is looking and going, if you don't want to sell what you have and give to the poor and follow me, if you're happy, I'm happy for you. Now, I don't think it was his best. I don't think that was the best decision the man could have made at all. But what I'm trying to get us to see is, as we're setting goals, as we're dreaming, as we're having vision, we must never be possessed by that vision. We possess the vision. The vision does not possess us. There might be people who disagree with that, but I only want to be possessed by one thing or one person, and that is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't want anything else to possess me. I don't want to look at this church and go, I'm so possessed to make this happen. I'm possessed by God and God alone. suit is to have a great relationship with God. And as a result of that, everything else flows through that. Now, do I want those things? Yes. But there's a difference in being possessed and what you pursue than just having a dream or vision. So we have to be careful when we establish these things because some people will create dreams and visions and they'll just forsake everything and everybody because they're possessed by the vision and they pursue the vision. I'm not suggesting that you pursue the vision uh, or the dream or what you're... I'm saying you pursue God and as you pursue God, all of the things that you've written down go to Him and go through Him. Make sense? Whew. Okay. Let's look at, uh, again, Proverbs 29, 18, which I'll probably read this week and next week, just because I want to get it in us. And this is the uh, amplified version. It says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. And the word redemptive there is critical. There's no bought back understanding that God wants us to redeem us. He wants us back unto himself. 
uh, the people perish, but he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. So we can see that our joy is not found in accomplishing the dream, though it's fulfilling, or the vision, it's fulfilling. But the true reality is, is that we're following God. In a world that is all about wealth, money, success, and trust me, I know that God, God wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Nothing against prosperity whatsoever. However, there are numerous wealthy people when it comes to money that are miserable. So wealth is not the pursuit. Again, it is a tool that God issues as we pursue him. Because we have to have it in the world in which we live in order to live. So without a vision... And one translation says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. The challenge with having vision and dreams is oftentimes we have an expectation immediately having that vision or dream that we will have the support of people that we know people that we love, people that love us, people that we know. For years, I had family in town that wouldn't even come to my church. And I could have easily been offended all the time. Well, you're my family. Why don't you come? I expect you to support me. The hardest, and I shared this last week, we are constantly reframing our perception of people and circumstances. If you're not reframing those things, you will constantly and regularly see them in the light of where you are today. And oftentimes that's indifferent. Maybe it's causing you pain. Maybe there's suffering. We all have that. And so I try to practice what I preach and preach what I practice. And I find myself constantly having to reframe the way I think about things. Because as a pastor, if you were, if you were uh, an employer and you treated your employees well you would hope that they would reciprocate, would you not? If you treat your spouse well, that's what the Bible says, you reap what you sow. You say, well, man, I've been sowing kindness and you're just not behaving. Then you're tied to their response. What I'm saying is I have to reframe everything. Say, I cannot be tied to somebody's response toward me. Otherwise, I will probably be frustrated most of my life. Not because of them. We have a tendency to blame them. It's always them, in reality, Lou Holtz put it this way, he said, 10% of life is what happens to you. 90% of life is how you respond to what happens to you. And so we have to make sure that our response is a healthy response. So a vision and a dream and writing it down is not the cure-all for 2020. But what it does is it sets your sight on something that says, I want to give my time to... To this, some years ago, I love flying. I've always flown, loved to fly. I've, I've, I've been in co-pilot seats without license for in, on two continents. And, and one day, a lady came up and said, I want to give you an airplane. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool. I, I never owned an airplane. And so it was a great-looking plane. Gave it to me. I, I had to fly it from one place to the other. Got it here, put it in a hangar. And I began to think... 
I would love to be a good pilot. And then I thought, and it sat in the hangar. Unless I'm going to get really good at this, I'm going to sell it. And so I, I knew I didn't have the time. Now, if it would have been my goal and dream, and I thought someday this will really help me with what I'm called to do. I thought through it. Trust me. I did everything in my power to keep this airplane. But I realized I was never going to become a great pilot. And so it, how many of you know you don't want to be a good pilot? And you do not want to have a surgeon that says, he's pretty good. Remember that commercial? Yeah, I think we'll figure it out. Who wants somebody operate, operating on you with that attitude? Yeah, well, I think we're going to be okay. No. And I'm thinking to myself, unless I'm going to put in tons of hours flying, I probably should sell it. So I sold it. Why? Because I knew I couldn't give it the time necessary to not be dangerous. When you have a dream or a vision, you need to be very sure that you're willing to invest the time and energy necessary for that to come true or it's not a good vision or a good dream. So, because you have a limited amount of time. I, I used to snow ski and I'd go and, you know, you drive to New Mexico, you gear up, it's freaking cold, getting all this stuff on, you're all bundled. One year, I just finally went, I don't live near enough to the snow to make this worth it. I'm never going to be great. I'm not going to the Olympics. But I loved it. It was a part of my life for a season. And I went one day I went, I don't want to give my time and energy to this anymore. You have to, when you write a goal down or a dream down... There's a really good chance that in 2020, if it's different than you want, guess what else? Let me make this really clear. Now, I just crossed the line. <laughs> Jesus gave up the rich young ruler and said, I, for me to be where the Father wants me to be, I can't hang around and teach Sunday school every week until this guy gets it. Folks, it's, listen to me. In a society that wants everything quick and easy, when we start talking about the things of God and the purposes of God, can I tell you something? I'd love to, to be able to say it differently, but anything that God has ordained for you to do, have, or be is not going to be simple. Thank you, Jesse. You're the only one that really grasped that. Most people say, well, it was just easy. No. If God wants you to do something, I promise you Satan is in the boardroom. I'm just messing everybody's theology up today. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How do you think he knows what to steal unless he knows what you possess? How do you think he knows what to destroy if he hasn't been tipped off? And it's not like God's hiding anything because God's going, I don't have to hide anything. I'm almighty, all-powerful. If they'll just believe me, they don't have to worry about who's in the boardroom. They don't have to worry about who's listening. I got this if you'll just pursue me. The trouble is we're trying to fix all the stuff around us instead of saying, God, I've got one task.
And that is to pursue you every day with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. You are not a Christian repairman or a Christian repairwoman. We are people in pursuit of God. If somebody has an issue, I'll pray for you. I'll intercede. I'll stand in the gap. But you have to make choices for your dream and your vision to come to pass. I can't make those for you. And you can't make those for me. So ask yourself the that I've got to make some changes in order for those to happen. And I did 10 years I have different needs now than I did 10 years ago. Or at least I'm smart enough to know now what's more important and what's less important. 25 years ago, building a great church was of great importance to me. Whether it was to prove it to my dad or prove it to myself that God could use me, whatever the sickness might have been, there was some righteousness in it. But I can promise you, looking back, there was a whole lot of Mark Crow in it. Going, you can do this. And I loved people, and I still do. But the reality is that I can't take you somewhere you don't want to go. Because if I do, we ain't going to like each other when we get there. You have to want to be there. You have to want to go there. You have to desire it. And guess what? There are bumps along the way. All you have to do is read the Bible. Paul and Barnabas, they couldn't even get along. Paul and Silas couldn't get along. John Mark. I mean, the group goes on. And we look at the Bible and we think it's so simple. They all loved each other. No, they wanted to kill each other half the time. Elijah throws a mantle on Elisha. And Elisha said, well, let me go uh, take care of my family. Elijah said, I'm out. Sorry I threw it on you. I mean, the Bible is filled with conflict. And the trouble in our little sissy world in America is we want it to be easy and we want everybody to like us and we want everybody to get along. And please support my dream. Stop. You will never become the person you're called to become without holy resistance that strengthens you and your commitment to your cause. We live in a sissy society. This is about as prophetic as I'm going to get right here. Why don't you like me? Why don't you support me? Why don't you encourage me? Because if I did, I'd be enabling you. Now, I believe encouraging each other daily. I hear and said, just write it down, pray over it, confess it. I promise you, the minute you start that, and I don't share this, you're not prepared for what's about to happen. And I'll recap last week real quick and I'll get you the second point. Patience is a virtue. It's also a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I have a friend who started a church in 30 years ago in Austin. Now it's a mega church, great church. But I preached for him when he first started it. And at first two or three, four years, it was just nothing. I mean, less than 100 people. He had... Uh, he, had, he named his church after a pastor friend of ours in Seattle. 
He had the byline of a pastor friend of ours in Houston. None of it was him. He just grabbed names. I like the name of that church, and I like this, you know. I mean, and so he just said, you know, one day he woke up, and he went, nothing's happening. But he never gave up. He changed the name of the church. One day he woke up, and he went, this is not me. So he changed the name of the church. This is not our byline. It's changed, changed their, you know, like for us, it's Mosaic Church OKC. Building a culture of love, grace, and mercy. That's us. That's not from anybody else. And not saying it's for everybody else. And, but it's just authentic to me. And I felt like as a church, because we are a bunch of broken pieces, and if any of you are not broken at all, you're not going to like this church. We're just a bunch of fragmented people looking for a, a place in the picture of God. And if you think you're a, you're a standalone portrait... This gallery may not be for you. I don't believe anybody's a standalone portrait of Christianity. I believe the beauty of God is demonstrated through uh, the diversity of mankind coming together in all of our... That said, he kept on having church and I, uh, finding out who he was and who God had called him to be. And, and he began to shape and model and design his life based on God's call to him, not the other people who were having success with another name of a church and a, another mission statement. But he decided that he would find himself, and he did. And he began to grow and flourish. And today they have a 5,000-seat auditorium in Austin, Texas, multiple services, and they're doing great. And, and I applaud him, and I use that only to say that this is a man who finally found himself or God's self in him and, and began to uh, pursue what God wanted him to pursue in the way that God wanted him to pursue it. And God became his pursuit, and it changed everything. Now, with that said, he didn't do nothing, but he patiently served the Lord, and he didn't quit, and he didn't give up. If there's anything I would ever say to a Christian that desires to follow Jesus is when they ask me, what do I do? I would say this, where does God want you and what does he want you to be doing? And who does he want you to be doing it with? Because the devil is so crafty that he will get you to get mad or divide you from other people to keep you from your destiny. I promise you, before the year is out, I will irritate every one of you at least once. And I'm really pretty gifted, so I may do it five times. Why? Because I'm a preacher. I say things that land on you on a bad Sunday the wrong way. If you are not rooted in Christ, and you're not rooted in purpose, and you're not patient with it, puts you out of power. There is a power spot that you possess in God that you will not fulfill your destiny outside of that spot. And you can give God 15 different good reasons that you don't need to be there. And God's going to look and say, none of them work. That's where I put you because that's where you're going to grow. Now, I'm being a pastor this morning and a little obnoxious because I'm just feeling that anointing. Because I get so tired of Christianity in America with everybody chasing a word that's for them until they find somebody that gives them the word and it's not for them, it just tickled them. Paul talked to Timothy about that. I don't always tickle Susan and she doesn't always tickle me. 
but we go to bed every night and say, I love you. And we wake up every morning saying, I love you. And there are days it has more passion than others. But if she packs her bag, I'm packing mine. And I'm going with her. You know, it's just, it's, it's that hardcore, I know that I know that I know that I have to be with her. When you know something and you're committed to that, everything's not always warm and fuzzy. But we live in a society that promotes warm and fuzzy. Disneyland Christianity. It's just a fun ride. Not when it's 102 degrees and you're waiting in an hour and a half line to ride one stupid Mickey ride. <laughs> now Disneyland looks pretty on your computer once you're there. It looks pretty on brochures. It looks pretty on your computer screen. But when you actually get there, it's sweaty, it's hot, it's overpriced, and there are more people there than you want there. Disneyland Christianity. to one hour a month, to eventually probably none. I'm just glad I'm old. Er. We got a generation of millennials. If you look at them wrong, they'll run. If you don't agree on everything, they run. It's impossible to agree on everything. Can I just tell you that right now? I used to always tell people, and I didn't understand it the way I understand it now, but your goal in life is not to agree with your spouse all the time, but to attempt to understand them because you will never agree all the time. So if you want your dream, you want your vision to come to pass, you want what God's purpose is, better yet, His dream, His vision, these are just some things you have to apply. You know, I, the joy of life now is, as a church is that, to me, it's, it's about us coming together in worship. One of my pray with the band is, God, we surrender our gifts and our talents to you that you would be glorified through them that you would use them to bring us into your presence, that you would use the gift of worship where you would inhabit the praises we're about to give you, and that when I stand up to speak, God, that when I, I haven't shared but one scripture with you that's even on my notes today. And this happens from time to time when the, the, the guys back there on the computer's going, where is that? None of this is in there. But as I pray and as I to that, but I'm tied to him, It is so comforting to be tied to notes because you've thought them out, you've written them out, and then you stand up and you start talking and, and, and this stuff starts coming out. And I'm going, God, I have no idea where I'm going from here. And we didn't have point A, B, and C today. We've got, this is like almost like prophetic for me today because uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing stuff I didn't think about, but I did pray and said, God, I surrender my thoughts to yours, my message to yours. I surrender in my life. To me, that's Christianity. My personal relationship with Christ is just, number one, I just want to hear him. I just want to know him, and I want to respond to him appropriately. 
and I want to be who he's called me to be and I want to do what he's called me to do. And I pass that on to you. When we talk about membership at Mosaic Church OKC, it's not that we agree on everything, but that God put us here together for a reason. And I believe if you're here for one day and you're a guest today, it, it, it may be just this one message that you hear from me and you never hear it again. And okay with that. Used to wouldn't be okay with that, but I'm very okay with that. Because all I care about is us putting ourselves. I'll never forget Mario Murillo preached a sermon way back in the 80s. And he said, you know, your place of power, your power spot, actually is how he put it. And I began to think, what is my power spot? What, what is my position of power? Where, where is it that I find the most strength from God? And any of us will find the most strength from God when we're in the place of God, the place God has put us. You know, nowadays we shop for churches like we shop for clothes. Where's the neat, neatest, cleanest, most upscale, trendy, whatever. And, and I've just never been the trendy guy when it comes to church. I, I, I've despised it. I've hated it. I, I was so unconventional. couldn't believe God built a church when he built a church. Because we didn't sit down and go, what do people want? I was just so dumb. I asked God, what do you want? And if it hadn't been for people like Lester Sumrall and John Osteen and people that called me and would impart to me, I don't know what I would have done because I didn't know what I was doing. But I knew this. I knew God called me to this city. I knew I was in the right place. I knew this is where the power for me was and that I couldn't build a church anywhere else but here, obviously. We tend to think we can do what we want, where we want, when we want. But when you've been bought with a price, your life is no longer your own. It belongs to God. So every week, I divided on my name and my person. But I don't serve them. I serve Him. And that I'm able to do this because of Him. You're able to do what you do because of him. There will always be division in the business world. Somebody thinks you ought to be promoted. Somebody else thinks you shouldn't. What's important is, does God think you should be promoted? Because if God thinks you should be promoted, you shall be promoted. Regardless of the divisiveness and division in the company, you will be promoted. And you, people can try to figure it out all they want. We can't figure God out. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So he says, trust in me with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge me and I'll make your path straight. So when we lean on God and we lean into God, that's when we find our strength and our power and that's our position. So when you write these things down, you don't worship them. And if six months from now what you wrote down disappears in your passion, your thought, or your purpose, then that may shift. And you have to be willing for that dream or that vision to shift. You're not married to it. You're simply connected to it by faith. And when faith is no longer there, it's impossible to please God with that dream or that vision. So... Last week, I talked about reframing things in your life. You may have to reframe your dream, your vision at some point. Don't be afraid to. Be self-aware. Am I growing? Am I, am I doing what I need to do to connect to the dream or vision that God's put in me? 
be self-aware. Aware of flaws in my life and weaknesses. And I, like, others might criticize you and others might make fun of you and others might say things about you. I remember as a man, I grew up being told, uh, don't cry, men don't cry. So if, you know, boys are tough, girls could cry, boys couldn't. If you fell down, it was suck it up, buttercup, and get up. If you were a girl, it was like, come here, let's fix it. That was my neighborhood. What I've realized is that it's okay to cry. And years ago when I connected to that thought, people will criticize you for having tears. And yet the greatest, most profound scripture in the Bible to me is the shortest. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. Can you imagine he had all the wisdom of heaven and everything he needed to speak to Mary and Martha and all the people. He had, he had all the right words, but he chose not to use words. He chose to identify with their pain. They were weeping and Jesus wept. Don't be afraid. Vulnerability. Be self-aware and be aware that it's okay to cry. It's okay to hurt. It's okay. Because I can promise you the vision and dream that you've written down or you will write down will come with resistance, challenges, opposition, I want to be able to smile in the face of it. I want to be able to find joy when I'm defeated. Not that I was defeated or would be defeated, but in the face of defeat. I want to be able to keep the joy of the Lord as Job did. And go, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You know, before I came back to Oklahoma City, I had arrived at that place that God, if I never preach again, I am in love with you. And that we're so good, and I think that's why I'm back. God's, well, well, you know, if you're okay, I'm okay, we're okay. I wouldn't be back. I would not be preaching had I had any other pursuit for or against. I just simply said, at this time in my life, I've realized that I've found joy in other people's approval other people's applause, that I had lived uh, some of my life, a lot of my life maybe, connected to how people responded to me. But we live our lives not because other people respond appropriately, but because God did. He responded by sending his son. Life is going to be good, and it's going to be okay if nobody loves you but him. I know I'm being extreme today, but I believe 2020, we have, we have a lot that's going to happen this year. And that we've got to hang on for everything, with everything in us, for what God wants to do. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil wants to pull you out of your power spot. He wants to pull you away from that place of power, that place where God said, I planted you. Why are you every now and then, man, I planted you. 
for me, I'm speaking to me, every now and then, this time of year, come on, folks, go outside, it's freaking cold, wind's blowing, everything's dead, we have no mountains, we have no sand, and there are times I look and say, God, seriously, seriously, why couldn't the entire earth be Maui? And there are those of you that go, why couldn't the entire earth be Keystone? Vale. Because God made them naked. That's why you can't have, that's why it's not popular. Snow is from, I know. Let me be polite. It wasn't a part of God's original design. Trust me. Otherwise, he would have clothed them in fur to start with. Coats are a result of the sin. Okay, I probably should be done because I know some of you like the fashion side of that. Pursue God. When I talk about vision, a lot of people say, do this, do that. The very first thing and the most important thing I can communicate today is make sure you pursue God. Pursue God. Inside of Him is His will. Inside of Him is His power, His strength, His purpose for us, each every one of us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your patience with us. Um, can't imagine what it would be like being you looking down upon a bunch of self-willed human beings like us with more passion and desire for us than we possess for ourselves. And every day we sell you short. We sell your power short, your provision short every day and you patiently remain in the gap you and through you that we will find our way across you and through you to our destiny may we find that way every day God trust you every day fresh manna not looking for yesterday's provision but looking for today's provision not yesterday's joy and circumstances, but today's joy, today's peace. Help those struggling, God, all of us that are fighting through things. Help us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and those of you watching online, uh, I want accepted Christ yet, and everything I've said sounds, I'm sure, a little bit attractive because we all want purpose in life and passion and vision. But accomplishing it is a challenge. And um, I would be remiss as a leader and a pastor if I introduced the greatness of God without the opposition of the enemy. Realizing that there is warfare for everything that Jesus died for and he wants to put in us. So I want to ask all of you to pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much. For sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and I declare I am saved and I am forgiven. Amen. 
If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you watching online, those of you watching online, those of you in here, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or to recommit your life, I want to ask you just to text the word SAVED, listen carefully, text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.